Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. Resentment. A big block towards making relationships feel safe and secure. Let's talk about it today, Lori. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples in Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. So first of all, we want to invite everybody again to our couples retreat, which is October 28th. I think we mixed up the times for people. It's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 5 p.m. We got to get George out of there so he can do football. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. There you uh, go. There. But today we also have a listener who wrote in about resentment and we have patron. a patron. Thank you, all the patrons. You guys are helping us so much. It, it, it really helps. And we've, we're getting several at this point. And George and I put a lot of time into this. And so it's, it's very helpful to have your support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And also we have some comments from Helen Capo in New Orleans. She's an EFT therapist. And she's one of the first EFT therapists I actually knew in person when we went down to Core Skills. You were my Core Skills teacher. I I think that was a bad move. I like was intimidated by you for two years <laughs> afterwards. Well, that's a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of resent you for it. All right, good. <laughs> it's perfect. So you could tap into something alive and real as we try to talk today about resentment. Oh, no, you were fabulous. It was it was great to get to know you in that way. Okay, how to unravel resentment? Our listener writes: As a pursuer, it seems so easy. Just do A or B and make me happy. However, the refusal, rejection, and resistance—they all fuel resentment. And it's built up almost over 20 years of my marriage. I'm always pushing. At the same time, she resents me always pushing. But without it, we wouldn't move the needle at all. My wife says she has no fantasies. Doesn't need them. She's content. I'm not. For me, fantasies are what keeps the spark alive. And my bucket list, my fantasy list, grows every year. Unfortunately, growing at a much greater rate than her desire to check them off. Mm. That dynamic of kind of 
I, I think when you feel deprived and then you fantasize and that kind of grows bigger and bigger and bigger and imagination grows bigger, right? It's like when you're not content, it's like you kind of imagine that maybe other people are having this incredible experience that you're not having or it, it doesn't even have to be about other people, but it's almost like that fantasy is expansive versus maybe what a really good sex life is in reality. It is out of control in your mind. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I, I always find it helpful to start off really giving permission to the feeling of resentment. Okay. That there's a beautiful longing in it, right? It wants something healthy, right? It wants better sex. It wants more connection. It wants more engagement. So there's a beautiful want. And when that want gets rejected or shut off, you know, it makes sense why the body protests and says bullshit. You know, it seems so simple and so easy. And you don't, you're not giving it, you're not putting in the effort. They, you know, the person whose resentment knows the effort they're putting in, knows how much they think about it, knows how much they try to bring it up and in all these different ways. So, you know, just starting off with all, all of you listening that feel resentment. Resentment's a, a normal feeling to have. And there's, there's beauty behind it. There's health behind it. And I usually find when we start with that, there's a little bit more flexibility to then start looking at, well, what can we do with it? Because living with resentment sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, I, I guess I started on the flip side of it, and I appreciate you going back because it's, you're right. It does suck to be resentful. And there is something about the pushing, which is healthy, for marriage. It's, you know, the, somebody who is going to pursue sexually and bring creativity and imagination, that is a beautiful gift. A romance needs that. Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad to hear he acknowledged that in himself. I mm -hmm. think there's something important that says, you know, I'm, I'm trying here. And that's, that's, that's an important thing to do in a marriage, in a relationship. So just to start off acknowledging that, right? But when that resentment doesn't shift, even after you acknowledge it, when it continues to take up more space in your relationship, you know, it becomes about you and what you're not getting. Like that becomes the biggest part of the relationship. We're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When the resentment takes on a life of its own and that's what you feel all the time versus maybe being able to feel good sexual experiences, connecting sexual experiences and some attachment in that when it's like you just focus on what you're not getting and the resentment grows and that's all you feel. Ooh, disconnect, yeah. big disconnect. I had working with a couple where for whatever reasons, you got to explore that the wife really didn't like kissing. You know, she, you know, she would kiss quickly, but she really didn't like, you know, intense open mouth kissing mm. and, and the husband liked it it was a big part of engaging so you mm. can see that there's a there's a miss here mm. right and even they'd have great sex and she would do lots of creative things and, and it would feel awesome for both of them like as soon as it's over and he's laid in bed his brain goes back to but we didn't kiss uh -huh, right? but right. there was no kissing and before you know it it's like the focus, it's, resentment just draws focus into it all the time. It sucks energy into it. Right. So, you know, I think this is a great topic in trying to figure out how to help people let go of some resentment because it's not just hurting their partner. It mm -hmm. hurts you. 
it's not just the fly in the ointment. It's like the fly in, the ointment gets poisoned. You know, everything gets poisoned by that. And so it, yeah, I, I know I, I heard somebody say recently, even back in the day, you know, when we were having sex four and five times a week, uh, my partner wasn't really talking to me about what they felt inside. I'm like, wait, 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 can, can you say that again? Can you hear that? You were having sex four and five times a week? But what you remember is, is that piece, you know, like none of that four or five times a week was great. I, I mean, it can just be the, the way our brain focuses. And I do think there's a survival piece in this, George, right? Mm-hmm. We are trained as humans to worry about the snake on the path. We're, we're trained to look for the danger. We're trained to think about what's not working so that we can solve the problem. So, I mean, there is something to be said for, yeah, if you, you know, how can we improve this? How can we make it better? You know, gosh, kissing, that's yeah. so dang hard, too. I got to say, your, your poor guy, kissing's a hard one to get right. Well, I, I like what you're highlighting because, to me, resentment expressed gives us a chance to deal with it. The worst thing is resentment that's not expressed. Mm. People don't want to talk about what they want. They're not getting what they not want. They're pissed at it, but they won't really share it. So it comes out sideways in passive mm-hmm. aggressive ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can name it, at least a couple has a chance to try to deal with it. Right. But it is like that fly go into that trap. It's resentment draws attention to itself. Mm-hmm. It consumes energy, right? It, it it doesn't become a choice over time. And that's really what I think I would like our listeners to start trying to develop. When you've got resentment, can you make a choice with that resentment? Mm-hmm. What you're going to do with it instead of letting the resentment make all the decisions for you in the relationship? Because that's what happens when you feed it over time. Yep. I like that. It, when you don't have a choice anymore, when resentment has you. Exactly. You know, and you're trapped by that and you're unhappy. And I mean, certainly sometimes people are unhappy enough that they need to examine their relationship and say, okay, this is too much or this is too little. And Mm -hmm. I I get that. But sometimes I guess when I'm listening to people, you know, I just think there's got to be a way for you to let go of this so that you can enjoy the 80% of what you do have. You know, nobody gets 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we get 70%, we're doing great. And sometimes I think we need to zoom out like you're doing, Lori. The resentment gives us that tunnel vision that says, I can't believe I'm not getting this. And I'm so focused on a 20%, I missed the 80%. So to be able to zoom back out and say, hey, wait a second here. This, this might be such a big deal that maybe this relationship doesn't work. And you're expressing what you need. And at least it's out on the table. We can see what we can do with it. And a lot of times we can get a new move from the partner. Yes. And that's, that's what yes. we try for. Yes, yes. But if you don't get the new move, if the partner's given the most they can give, they've reached their capacity in this area. Right now, you got to make a choice. Do you want to die on this field fighting this battle? Or do you, I love Lori's wisdom, do you learn to let it go? Do you learn to surrender? Do you learn to grieve kind of this part of you, right? Which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. I know you said you had a lot you wanted to say about the grief part of this. Yeah. And this was wisdom from Helen, Helen Capo. And she was helping me thinking about this. And I think the thing that I found, the essence of what she said that was 
that really spoke to me was she said, you know, obviously the partner who cannot let it go. I mean, they they need to grieve. Mm. And grieving is a process. You know, sometimes we're still angry. We're still bargaining. We're still trying to believe that something can change. Something can come back. But there's a point when grief means, you know, I need to accept it. And the choice is either, you know, I can't do that. And so I need to leave my partner or I'm going to continue to attach around the hole in in my heart. And that I thought was really beautiful. You know, Mm. the choice is to continue to attach around the hole in our heart. And then, you know, and maybe still continue to share with your partner because grieving doesn't mean we don't want it still. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we don't long for that. And maybe we can even tell our partner, but it's making peace. You know, it's making peace inside. Like, instead of it being, you're doing this to me, it's like, I have a choice. I'm choosing to love, and that outweighs the grief that I have, the sorrow that I have, that I don't have everything I want in this relationship. I love that line, around the heart. That's beautiful, Helen. She's done a great job running a New Orleans community down there. So Yeah, thank you, Helen. Let's come back and really take a deep dive into this grieving as an option to deal with resentment. I haven't heard that one before, but it sounds pretty cool. Okay, so just a quick break. I want to tell you about my new favorite brand. You guys, I am so about soft, sensuous, cozy, and cozy earth. I swear I have never had a better night's sleep. These sheets, they are really developed and crafted from high quality bamboo. And it's done responsibly and sustainably with source materials from the earth. So Why do I love them though? Because I want to be naked all the time underneath these sheets. They absolutely caress your body. And not to mention, they have loungewear, which I'm also naked underneath. No, seriously. It is like crafted from the same luxurious material as their bedding. So I am telling you, Cozy Earth, it's been featured on Oprah's favorite list for four years in a row. They have a 10-year warranty on all their products. And they have all sorts of clothing, like tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, joggers, even scrunchies. Believe it or not, my hair like gets sore, so I need that. So please go to Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth provides an exclusive offer for all of you listeners today. It's 35% off site-wide when you use the code foreplay. Go to CozyEarth.com. Use the code foreplay for 35% off site-wide. I'm telling you, pursuers, buy this. It will make your partner's clothes come off in bed. Okay, guys, better sex starts with for you, like euphoria. People may think that they don't need this extra help in the bedroom, but I promise you, you will be surprised because this gives you a better orgasm. Seriously, it will be absorbed into the skin, through the skin, and that sensation relaxes you. It's made from a product that is plant-based. It does have CBD oil, which basically relaxes the vagina and it increases your ability to have a better, larger orgasm. Who doesn't need that? It's like having a juicy warm-up that helps you get turned on easily with your partner or solo sex. Basically, it turns you on. Awaken arousal oil and sex oil are the perfect combination for peak pleasure. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse it. 
go ahead, treat yourself. Foria is offering us a special deal for all our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash foreplay or use the code foreplay at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash foreplay for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and their sex oil. I think you will thank me. Attach around the hole in your heart. What a beautiful reframe. What a different way of, of looking at it. That there's actually a hop, an opportunity here in this couple's miss. They chronically miss in this area around resentment and the, the disappointment of the person who's not doing what the resentful partner wants. Yeah. Right? But there's an opportunity there if the couple can grieve mm-hmm. to kind of allow the grief to bring them together. It's, it's Exactly. Pretty- She's very sophisticated in the way she thinks about this grief. You know, she's asking people to think, as I grieve, what does this mean about myself, you know, that my partner won't give this to me? And what does this mean about my partner? And sort of, so she's, she really wants to explore this, the loss of identity that people might have. You know, I'm sexually desirable in such a way that somebody would do anything for me. That might be the grief. Like, what is the attachment meaning mm-hmm. below this place of resentment? It's maybe around, on the surface, it's about an act. But if my partner won't do this act, I, I tell myself something about myself, and I tell myself something about us, about the partnership. Right. And so we have to identify those things so that we're fully understanding what are we really feeling about this. That's great. So... I agree. Most people get stuck in the bargaining. The resentment says you still have a chance to get what you want. Right? There's still hope in the resentment. Even after 20 years of doing this, this the resentment says maybe this time this person's <laughs> going to kind of listen and get it. And there's, there's in that bargaining, there's, there's a, maybe it's unconscious, but there's, a, there's no willingness to surrender or to let it go. And so there's a lot of I appreciate what Helen's saying around seeing this as grief. Can you make a choice? Because up to now, the resentment's making a choice mm-hmm. to to imagine life without this mm-hmm. and to grieve it. You know, so if we use that example of the husband not getting kissing, right? What yeah. would that, could he see this longing inside him that's beautiful most couples are kissing he really likes kissing it makes him feel connected it it primes his jets it makes the romantic side of him come out there there's some really really good reasons he wants kissing yeah and you know his wife has issues maybe (laughs) with it doesn't feel good there's germs to it there's something that happened with the wire in her brain that you know as much as she wants to kiss it it does something that she can't overcome at this point Mm -hmm. can this husband grieve that that it's not the relationship he wants Mm -hmm. but maybe that other 80 percent is so damn amazing and in this case you know his wife is pretty amazing (laughs) He loves his wife. He loves their partnership. He loves her ability to be there for him in vulnerability. I mean, there's so many things. She is his best friend. Mm, love that. Right? They have mm-hmm. great sex. They are romantic. And, you know, so, so many other areas, mm-hmm. they're thriving. Can, what would it look like, as we're just using this example, Lori, for him to grieve the kissing? instead of letting it kiss and take up so much more space mm-hmm. than needed in this relationship. Yeah. 
So, I mean, one might be the view of himself. What does he say to himself about his wife not kissing him? I'm not appealing. I'm disgusting. I'm, mm-hmm. Or maybe he has more self-esteem than that, but it's there's something missing between the two of them. So the view of the other, you know, she's she's selfish. She's withholding. She's mm-hmm. inhibited. She's frigid. You know, she's OCD and can't do this. I mean, a, a lot of that, I think right. both of those come up. Yeah. So grieving that would be doing what with that view of self and other? How do you get to a place of acceptance that just says, you know, I I think it's trying to come to terms. And this is great to have a conversation with your partner about it. Yeah. You know, you say, these are the fears that come up for me. Yeah. And maybe your partner can say, that's, no, I actually look at all these other areas I love you in. And, you know, it's not about you. It really is about me. It's part of me that doesn't, gets turned off by this. This is a big break. And I've tried to overcome it. And I wish I could, but it's like if I had a broken leg or I had cancer, I have something with me that's just, you know, I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Like, would that allow the person to mourn it and just to, to let it go? Well, I, I think that kind of vulnerability, when they express their fear, the, the view of the self that feels disgusting to their partner or something, and their partner offers reassurance, that really helps the person who's longing for kissing, at least it helps their self-esteem again. You know, okay, right. it's it's not me. It's not that I'm it's disgusting. Not. I've told you this is my fear. You've been reassuring. Mm-hmm. Letting go of the view of other, I think, you know, that's what is being expressed. It's, I understand this is a stop in me. I, I can't, it's a block. I can't get beyond right. it. I've tried everything I can, but I just, I can't get there. And, and sometimes we- our partners you know, aren't capable in one way or the other. Right. We seem to do a better job with when the block is like medical or you have an operation. So you can't have this or you have something like we seem to get that. And like, it's, I'm just trying to figure out like, how can we learn to accept it in certain scenarios and then in others, just not talk, be able to accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's something around that ability to just, all right, you, you're doing your work and you haven't been able to, you don't have the capacity for this right now. And that might suck for me, but I, I get that. And, you know, then my brain starts to get to a place of saying, all right, I could mourn this. I know this is healthy. I'm just not going to get it. It's like when something bad happens, like you lose someone you loved. Mm-hmm. It sucks, right? And you have to kind of face the mourning of it. You have to allow yourself to feel the pain of not having those longings met. Yeah. I I think the difficulty, right? Physically, there's a a hard stop. They can't. Psychologically, when they say they can't, you know, the person who's still in bargaining is like, "But you could, you could. You, you know, all all it takes is this." Mm-hmm. You know, and and when the person says, "This for me is a psychological block. I I can't do that. I I don't want to do that. It's a turnoff for me." or whatever, I understand it's harder to accept that. But I think if a person is, if our partner is honest with us and says, this is this is how it is for me. I get it's terrible for you, but really and truly inside me, this is a block. Yeah. You know. We know 70% of issues couples fight over 
are never resolved. <laughs> so we all learn to accept at a certain level lots of things. You know, I, I like to be on time. My wife is late all the time. It annoys me. It, what are we going to do? That's actually not true. So. I know that's not <laughs> true. It, it sounded good. <laughs> but but if, if that example. Neither like is the milk story, all you therapists out that, there. The milk story that. is not true. That is, I don't, don't, I always believe why let the truth get in the way of a good story. But anyway, <laughs> if, if we can learn to accept lots of little things we just can't accept these bigger things that's yeah. where the resentment comes in i think it's good to remind ourselves that we do have lots of practice doing this in other areas sure we do we do learn to let things go we do learn to you know surrender to things and if it's big it just shows how important the longings are underneath it so mm -hmm. we want to honor that mm -hmm. and all these years of fighting for it is healthy and the bargaining that you're doing, we wish it would work. But if you find yourself with not getting this need met, it is actually starting to cost you the relationship yep. because the resentment's taking up all the space. You really got to make that choice. You know, do I learn to, to let this die and mourn it? Yep. Or is it so important I need to kind of actually make a change in my relationship? Yeah. I, I want to quote Helen, Helen Capo. Grief is such a hard place to hold space for, the hole that won't be filled, and that we learn to live around, where we learn to deepen our tolerance for sorrow so that the light of joy can stand with it and doesn't get shut out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, Helen, you're like a writer. You should write, girl. Poetry. This is beautiful stuff. Yes, yes, beautiful stuff. I mean, it is so often the essence of our message that there's something redeemable in these low road, kind of broken, horrible, mm -hmm. ugly places. It's where we need love the most. And with resentment, it's never coming. But right. if you allow yourself to grieve it, you have a chance for that light to come into it. Exactly. And that's for any of us, right? Mm. When we lose somebody we love, you know, we think we'll never feel happy again, or we lose a dream. You know, many of us have lost dreams in other ways. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's really hard to find that we will have purpose again. And in this, the, the tolerance for the sadness that we don't have everything we want with this partner, but so we can enjoy what we do have and feel joy. I, I, I love that. I, that okay. really spoke to me. I mean, I think one of the challenging things is particularly, I guess, as a sexual pursuer, is to learn to feel love in many ways. Mm -hmm. You know, my partner, you know, such a gardener, such a loving, caretaking person. And, and we have good sex. We have great sex often. But it's like sometimes as a sexual pursuer, I can get hyper-focused on the piece that is missing, and then I don't take in all this other great stuff of my partner loving me. Absolutely. There's a little FOMO going on, right? Fear of missing out what others think other people are having or what you could have. And there's an excitement there. Again, there's really good health in that, but mm -hmm. it just takes up too much space then. And, you know, my experience as a therapist trying to talk people out of their resentment usually doesn't work too mm -hmm. well. I'm really hoping our listeners take out of this, which is new for me, this idea of making a choice of mm -hmm. intentionally mourning, losing this part of you because right. you want to focus on the bigger picture. I think that's a healthy thing to do. 
Right. But you got to make a choice to see the value in that. You can't be pushed into it, right? If, if your partner has done everything they can, and at this point in your life, maybe who knows, things could shift. That person who doesn't kiss might decide they like kissing in 10 years. I don't know. But mm-hmm. in today and now, I think making a choice to kind of let this part of you go, mm-hmm. it's another option. And we're always here trying to give people options. So, Yeah. And I, I often think a little bit of grease in the machinery that where it's stuck over time, you know, who knows how that loosens up in your partner's heart. And maybe they do stretch further and give you what you want or they they get braver or, I mean, Mm -hmm. I would say as a sexual creature, there's been so much development in me over time, you know, Mm -hmm. just what I'm willing to consider and think about and, you know, and heaven knows talk about on this podcast, (laughs) you know, it's like, I mean, even in the podcast, people probably will have seen my growth and development that I'm much more willing to be vulnerable. And I, I just think we can grow. This is, but I, I don't think that hoping for that leaves people who are resentful in a good place. It's like they really do have to say, okay, this is a stop. I'm choosing to go forward with this person with this yeah. block. And then it's not being done to me. I'm not a victim of it. I've made a choice. Yes, the choice is the big takeaway here. And I always feel like when people choose grace, it's a, such a beautiful environment to help their partner grow. Because resentment breeds failure, and failure freezes people up, with, which breeds resentment, right? And the way out of it, if you're on the resentment side, is to try to let that go, to have some grace. And who knows what could happen with your partner when that happens. Yeah. Cool stuff. Okay. For all of you out there struggling with resentment, we feel you. We know it's hard. And for all of you partners who have had a partner that just has resented you. Oh my gosh, that's so painful too. But thank you for listening to us. Keep it hot, and that might include some grieving. We'd just love to invite you to our Great Sex, Great Love Couples Retreat on Friday, October 28th, 10 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. George and I are really going to help you apply what you learn in the podcast to your relationship. So if your marriage or partnership is functional, but it's not that exciting, or you want to deepen that connection and really improve your intimacy or, you know, make sex something that isn't just a check off your list and try to bring the sizzle back, please join us. We are going to spend a whole day enhancing your relationship and intimacy, dealing with the cycle making it safe for you to talk about desire, talk about the actual sex acts that you're doing. Also express what's going on in your mind, body, and heart, and your spirit to find deeper sexual connection with each other. That's October 28th. You can find it on foreplaysextherapy.com under our resources to sign up now. Okay, so tell us about your cutting edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment by moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough of this talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? 
give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. Uh, you need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.